Welcome to the Tailored Life Podcast, the one and only fitness and nutrition podcast that goes way beyond just training and nutrition and helps you create a life by design. I'm your host, Cody McBroom, and today we got a solo episode. This is a quick hitter, and we are going to dive into diet breaks. So I'm going to try to pack as much information as I possibly can in less than 10 minutes for you about diet breaks, what they are, why they're useful, and how you can implement them into your own fat loss journey. Real quick before we get into the episode, if you are a returning podcast listener, Thank you for being here, first and foremost. Uh, If you haven't left us a rating and review, please go do so. If you like this episode, this podcast in general, if it's been helping you over time and you keep coming back, there's a reason for it. So help us grow the show by leaving us us a rating and review. And if you are new to the podcast, thank you for discovering us and giving us an opportunity to help guide you and teach you and give you some more. So listen through this podcast and by the end of it, if it helps you out a lot, maybe go listen to a few more and then leave us an honest rating and review as well. Now, the topic of diet breaks is an interesting one because it's something we've covered many, many times. It's something that's been studied heavily over the last, shit, five to 10 years. I'm trying to think of when the first diet break study really came out, and, and I honestly couldn't tell you. It's, it's been a while, but nonetheless, as the research uh, industry around fitness, as the re- research, I shouldn't say industry, as the evidence-based community within fitness and nutrition has grown... There's been more money spent and more time spent on researching refeeds and diet breaks over and over and over again. Um, And what once was a magical week of increasing calories and seeing all these (laughs) things happening that we couldn't explain, it really just boiled down to a psychological relief from the diet for the most part, right? That's kind of what research has accumulated to. Now, I have some different thoughts on that that I'll cover here in a sec, but for the most part, what we do know for a fact that is uh, fact from a standpoint of what research has actually told us is that diet breaks for the most part are just a temporary psychological relief from the diet. As we know, diets can be stressful um, and adherence can wither away as the duration of a diet goes on or the intensity of a diet increases, meaning the harder you diet or the more aggressive you are with your diet, the harder it is to adhere. Or whether you're going at it aggressively or conservatively, the longer you diet for the duration of that diet, the longer that progresses along, the harder it becomes to consistently adhere. So something that we can implement, and I really do suggest implementing, is refeeds and or diet breaks to help us improve adherence. Now, once upon a time, it was cheat meals. That's how it started. It started with cheat meals and cheat days. Um, And these just basically became... uh, days where you just stuffed your face, to be honest with you. Like, that's really what it was. It's like, how many, how much food can I eat? If it's a cheap meal, maybe your boundaries were, you have to sit down and eat whatever's on this plate or whatever you can eat at this table. And then when you leave, it's over. And it turned into how much can I order at this restaurant? Or if it was a cheat day, it's like, what buffet are we hitting? And, and I've literally been there. I've done that. Um, but this just causes one regression of results. So then we were in this vicious cycle of losing weight during the week, gaining it back during the weekend. Number two, a a very bad relationship with food begins to accumulate. So now you are creating a negative relationship with both food, dieting, body image, and cardio, and it can spin down a very vicious, dark cycle and path. Um, so we don't want to do these cheat days, cheat meals kind of things. Refeeds and diet breaks, however, are more structured. They give us guidelines and boundaries. Instead of saying, eat whatever you can or you want all day for this period of time or this meal or whatever, it takes that and goes, hey, here's our boundaries, right? Like if your diet calories are here, then your maintenance is a little bit above that. We are going to increase calories to that point. So we covered this in in the topic of refeeds on a recent podcast as well. And essentially what this means is we go to maintenance calories. So if we are dieting on 1500 calories and our theoretical maintenance is 1800 during this diet, because maybe we started at 2000, but we've lost 20 pounds already. 
our new maintenance is going to be a little bit lower than it was before. That's part of metabolic adaptation. But what we would do is increase our calories to that theoretical new maintenance via carbohydrates, uh, typically. Now, we can do it with fats or carbohydrates, a combination of both, which, again, we covered this in the refeed one. So if you haven't listened to that, go back to that because all we're doing here is we're either A, increasing calories to maintenance via carbs, B, increasing calories and just tracking protein, meaning depending on the day of the diet break, the week or the refeed or whatever, you can fluctuate that. You can determine which one you're going to bring up or if you're going to bring up a little bit of both on that said diet break day based on your social settings, your environment, what you're doing, what your plans are, if it's a date night, so on and so forth, right? Um, Now, the difference between a diet break and a refeed is just that it is longer. So a refeed day is typically just one day, maybe two days. They still call that a multi-day refeed. Anything beyond that tends to be a diet break. But really, all of these can be classified under the diet break umbrella because a diet break is quite literally just a break from the diet. And whether that is one day or one week, you are taking a, a break from the diet. Now, research kind of came to this conclusive answer of it's not really doing much hormonally speaking. And we used to think it did because when we increase calories via carbohydrates mainly, but just in general, increase calories, what we see is spikes in ghrelin, leptin, decreases in cortisol, um, in, in spikes in certain things that may trigger more muscle protein synthesis, muscle growth, recovery, so on and so forth, right? Well, what they found is that this is very temporary. So refeeds and cheat meals and diet breaks were once implemented as a way to keep those levels higher because we know as you diet, you bring calories down and body fat lowers, those hormonal signals lower as well because those hormonal signals that are tied to, uh, those are your sex and hunger hormones, they're tied to both calorie intake and body fat levels. So the longer we diet, the lower our calories get and the lower our body fat percentage gets. And when both of those things drop over time, those sex and hunger hormones lower as well. When we see them spike after eating in a surplus and or during a refeed, cheat meal, diet break, we assumed that this meant we could essentially fight back what the body was doing and we could trigger these hunger and sex hormones to increase and cross our fingers and hope that they stayed increased. But the reality is it was very temporary, which means when we brought our calories right back down, very short after those same hunger and sex hormones began to lower as well. So now we know it's not really a permanent thing and you go right back to where you were, uh, which is why it's not truly something that is going to fight against metabolic adaptation. But what they did find is that it was extremely helpful in adherence from a psychological perspective. And what they saw is that the groups that would, and this is not just in one study, but in multiple studies, the groups that would implement diet breaks or refeeds tend to adhere to the diet better for longer after the refeed's done. So even though the refeed or diet break didn't have these magical hormonal improvements, what they did see is way better adherence for weeks and weeks and weeks later in the diet, which meant by the end of the research study, the groups that tend to have refeeds or diet breaks usually have better results because in the long-term aspect of things, they stay adherent more days of the diet and that leads to better progress overall, right? So really what it is, it's adherence and consistency. That's what it boils down to. However, there has been one study that showed a little bit of improvement. I don't you shouldn't even say one study. I think multiple studies showed this and it's pretty obvious. Improvements in performance uh, from a muscular endurance perspective Um, and I think it's because they didn't test more neurological-based strength uh, patterns and exercises. However, what we know is that carbohydrates are the primary fuel source, so if we increase carbohydrates for a day or three days or a week, no matter what, we're going to see an acute increase in performance and recovery, right? So um, 
that goes to to say, like, if we are consistently implementing these over time, we may be able to have a compounding effect of better recovery over time. That may allow us to maintain more muscle tissue, and that has been shown in research. However, some of the uh, data collection when looking at muscle that was maintained circumference and in, in actual muscle tissue. Um, there were some arguments against how they were uh, measured and therefore people kind of just throw the baby out with the bathwater kind of thing. So unfortunately, we're not able to say for sure that that's the case because there was arguments based on how the data was collected. But to me, it's an obvious thing, right? If you are doing anything that is going to improve your performance and recovery over the whole, long haul of the diet, you're going to have more training volume elevated over time. And that's going to lead to better muscle maintenance during phallus phase, period, end of story. Um, the other things that we see with hormones that people don't really test in research is cortisol. And that's the one thing that I would argue against is that I believe it is a good stress management tool. If it can allow us to mitigate cortisol fluctuations, it can allow us to recover better, manage stress better. Um, not to mention even just the psychological stress that is been shown, but also the, the physiological and the, uh, physical stress that is placed on our bodies when we are dieting and training hard. I think there's re reason to believe that these diet breaks and influxes in in carbohydrates can help mitigate that during the diet. And that might lead to better results and better muscle maintenance because carbohydrates elevating increase insulin and insulin being increased decreases cortisol. It's an inverse relationship. So, um, those, that's what diet breaks are. That's what they're for. That's the, the literal, you know, reason based on research. And then also the hypothetical reason that I would implement them based on what I've seen in re in, uh, anecdotal experience with clients. And it's worked really, really well for all those reasons. Now, the last part we'll finish with is how to diet break. And it's pretty easy. We're going to break down uh, five different ways that you can implement diet breaks. And there's not a lot of explanation here because all it is, is a timeline thing. So it will all depend on how long you are dieting for. So how long your said periodized fat loss plan is, um, it'll depend on how aggressive you are with diet. The more aggressive you are, the more frequent you're probably going to need diet breaks. The longer you diet for, the the longer those diet breaks may need to be. Um, and the level of leanness you have. The, the more body fat you have to lose, the less likely it is that you actually need diet breaks. And you probably just need a day off the diet. So I would say for people who have 30, 40, 50 pounds of body fat to lose, you're probably better off going much longer without a diet break and just implementing one day refeeds when you have social outings and you just need a break from MyFitnessPal. Like that's the biggest thing, right? Um, but for those of you who are leaner and you're trying to really get shredded or you have less body fat to lose and you have to take a little bit more of a slow conservative approach because you're just losing the last five to 10 pounds, you might be somebody that wants to take a longer diet break when you do implement them because you do need to focus more on stress and muscle maintenance and so on and so forth. So here is the breakdown. Um, you can do a two-day refeed. This is still a diet break, right? So two days in a row, and you can do this every one to two weeks. So the classic way to do this is five days of dieting, two days of refeeding. Um, and that is a calendar week-based 5-2 approach. However, for a two-day refeed, you could do this every seven days, every 10 days, every 14 days, every 20 days. You could do it reactively. When you feel like your client or you need to implement a diet break, you just implement a two-day refeed. Pretty simple. Three-day refeed, same exact process. It's just three days, a little bit longer. And this would be every two to three weeks, I would suggest. So you're probably not going to do this every five days. However, every two plus weeks, you could implement three days in a row of refeeding as a way to get out of the diet for consistent days and completely replenish glycogen because the leaner you are and the longer you diet, obviously, the more glycogen you're going to deplete, the more recovery you're going to need. So that's why we would bump that two-day up to a three-day. I really like three-day refeeds on a two to three or four week basis. And the reason I say that is because I think oftentimes people diet break for too long, too frequently, 
So they're doing things like a full week every other week or every two weeks. And, and oftentimes you just aren't spending enough time in the deficit in order to create significant results fast enough. So I like to take a little bit more time dieting, a little bit less time diet breaking typically. Now for full length diet breaks, we have a seven day diet break, which would be every at least two weeks, but upwards of four weeks. So that means every two, three or four weeks, you take a full week off the diet. Um, you can do a two week diet break and this would be every six to eight weeks. So every month, month and a half, two months, um, at least a month, but I would say probably about a month and a half to two months, you were taking a two week break from the diet, completely off the diet, increase carbs, hit maintenance calories and, or be a little bit more intuitive and flexible. And then the last way is a four to eight week diet break every eight to 12 weeks. And this is more like a maintenance block. After following a full fat loss phase for eight to 12 weeks, you take a full month or two off the diet, not trying to reverse too aggressively, but just taking about a month or two off of the diet at a conservative maintenance, maybe even reverse dieting a little bit throughout that conservative maintenance to just make sure that you can maintain the result you achieve, knowing that you're going to jump back into the diet because you have more time to go. So maybe you have 30 pounds to lose, you drop 15 pounds in eight to 12 weeks, you take a month or two off, and then you finish the diet by losing another 15 pounds in eight to 12 weeks, and then you reverse diet. This is a good strategy for bodybuilders as well who need to take some time between uh, mini cuts along their long-term prep to maintain muscle and they're getting extremely shredded. So the physiological and psychological effects that can be caused from the diet when you were dieting to get that lean can be more severe. All right, guys, that is diet breaks. And uh, there is a lot of information there. I try to pack as much as possible into this brief podcast for you. If you want more content around this topic, we have written about it. We have uh, recorded about it. We have done research reviews on specific studies about diet breaks, all of which can be found at tailoredcoachingmethod.com slash blog. If you need help implementing these things into your own diet and learning how to implement diet breaks in macro periodization to get the most fat loss possible, head over to tailoredcoachingmethod.com slash online dash coaching. And last but not least, if you need your workouts designed for you and you want them delivered to you via app every single day of the week, you can head over to tailoredtrainerapp.com. Thank you guys for listening and I will catch you next time.